2: Limits. Joe. This is a very strange day. It is weird. Paul Zeiss, who had a medical episode on Friday. Now, maybe I'm not allowed to give his medical information, but he talked about it here. Just suffice to say, he's making sure everything's in working order before he comes in today. Okay? He's going to be in at 1020. He's not the medical situation I'm worried about today. It's Andrew Filipponi from yesterday. Explosive who, diarrhea. Well, apparently he looked fine Yeah, when I saw him, so I'm not ac- accusing him of malpractice in any way. I hate when people come in sick. Ron used to come in sick. Ron gave vacation days back to the company. Uh, he, he would work under any and all circumstances. Um, but Andrew, after looking fine, apparently had the biggest blowout since Game 1 of the 1985 NBA Finals. <laughs> right? Celtics 148 Lakers 114. And I can't deal with that. Is JP in there? Is he in there with, in the room with you right now? Not in the room. He popped his head in wanted to say hello. I'm going to go track him down. Yeah, track him down. We can have him actually uh do the JP roofing read live. But hold on a second. There. City limits. So, I'm very paranoid today. Okay. I almost hired professional cleaners to come in and fumigate this place because I can't deal with with that type of thing. The only time in my career that I missed a game on account of sickness, missed covering a game, was game one of the 2009 Stanley Cup final in Detroit, which the Penguins go on to win the cup, right? Game one was in Detroit. We're in that beautiful, big, huge, circular Marriott in Detroit. Awesome place. And sure enough, the day before the game on the ride up there, everything started happening. And then before you know it, I was in the hotel room that night, the night before game one, and the whole thing came apart. Man. More blowouts than the 07 Patriots. Who you remember went 16-0. and 18-0 and until the Super Bowl. Yeah, good point. Although the playoff games were closer. And I... I couldn't, I couldn't go. I couldn't go. Like, I felt horrible because the company, then the Trib, was paying me to be there. And I was an unmovable object. Just unmovable. Plus, I would have put other people in grave damage, including the Penguins. Can you imagine if I cost the Penguins the 09 Cup? You got Max Talbot sick. Sidney <laughs> Crosby <laughs> like can't the- go out
3: there. He's got the flu. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's what sports writers, broadcasters have to think about more often. I don't think they think about it at all. You know, you want to be the hero. You want to be the hero and and cover the game no matter what. But locker rooms are like little, what do you call the little incubation things? What are those called? Little sanctuaries. Well, no, a sanctuary would be where you go to get peace. Yeah, that's true. And Maybe pray and do yoga. I imagine the locker room's not that. No, I, I can't think of the word that it is, but germs spread very fast. And what if I had cost the penguins the 09 cup? You think I you think I'd be still in this town? I don't think so. I don't know if that if you'd got be around? Sitting across from me right now. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So, and I'll never forget the kindness of one of the workers at that Marriott. Like she had no reason to tend to me. In fact, probably if I was her I would have Mark down room 312 or whatever it was. Don't come back. Yeah, as a don't touch until this guy's gone and then have like, you know, a cleaning crew come in and, and decontaminate the whole place. Instead, she was unbelievably kind to me. I'll never forget that person. Like she checked on me. She didn't think you were a biohazard. And no, and, one, and brought me chicken soup even. Like it was unbelievable acts of kindness from that person. So that's what I'm thinking about this morning uh, with Pony. And I don't see, I don't feel compassion for him. That's a problem. (laughs) There's still good people out there in the world. Somehow I feel anger toward him and he's sick. He's the one who's sick. Like I texted Malsey last night. I said, does Andrew have the stomach flu? He said, it appears to be that way. And I sent back an angry expletive instead of saying, I hope he feels better. So maybe I can become the better person today. Do you think? I think you can. I think this is a good exercise for me to try to do that. Guess where we're going to start today? Off the top with J.P. Roofing. Go go get I'll J.P. Go find if JP you would. Roofing. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be wonderful. If you can find him to do a live uh, J.P. Roofing here. I'll tell you exactly where I'm going to start. I bet you never guessed. Steelers quarterbacks. And here's the thing about Steeler quarterbacks and all the questions therein. I think it's a very small amount of people who are in the camp of stop talking about that. I'm sick of it. In fact, I think it's just ramping up. Every time I see a person who recognizes my voice maybe or someone I already know, they want to talk about the Steelers quarterback situation. Like, why wouldn't we keep talking about that? It's as hot as a a topic can be. It's the Steelers quarterback. I think there's an old rule that Ron used to talk about. When in doubt, write about the quarterback. I don't even know that I was in doubt today. There's lots of things to talk about. Paul Skeen's on the mound. This ridiculous, apparently, proposal that's gaining momentum to put 14 teams in into the college football playoff as i heard michael wilbon say you know the next step is a play in in dayton what are we doing here so there and the penguins have a huge game tonight there's a lot to talk about but i wrote this morning for the post gazette and i'm in the mood to talk and i bet you are too about steeler quarterback candidates I don't think I'm going to get tired of this. And if you're one of the ones who, who claims to be tired of it, you'll still listen and you'll still call at 412-928-9370 because it's something that everybody has an opinion on. Everybody. This isn't like who's going to be their left tackle. Oh, yeah, the guy from Arizona who's a free agent. What's his name? No, everybody knows these guys. Even even the Gardner Minshews of the world you have an opinion on. The Marcus Mariota's and Flacco's and Garoppolo's and Cousins and Darnold and Winston and Wentz and Taylor. Everybody's got an opinion on quarterbacks. Welcome back, City Limits. How did that go? Well, I did a lap and I did not find JP. He's somewhere in the building, I was
3: told, but in my lap did not find him. You know
2: what? He's probably taping some spots. We'll find him. He'll stop in on the way out. I was just explaining to nobody in particular because ice isn't here and neither were you that the idea of please stop talking about the Steelers quarterback. I'm sick of it is a very small circle of people. In fact, in fact, I think it widens every day. I think it heats up every day and everybody I talk to, that's all they want to talk about. So we're going to talk about it. I just can't get enough. City limits. You and I, did something last week where you expressed your love and affection for Sam Darnold. Yes. Remember that? I know he's not very good. Well, then why do you like him so much? You I still just, think he will be? I still think he can be very good in a good system. I thought he was pretty good. He was okay, I should say, in Carolina two years ago. But but it's year seven. Do you know of any guys who have been basically broken for six years and suddenly became a star in year seven? Geno Smith's really the only one. Geno Smith does, and I'm going to add that to the column, and thank you very kindly for that. Geno Smith gives hope to every washed-out quarterback in the league. Pretty much. He really does. Maybe Mason
3: Rudolph in a year, depending on where he lands.
2: Mason Rudolph could be Geno Smith. That's a great analogy. You've started out hot today, City Limits, and I commend you for that. Bringing the fire. How did your night go? Good.
3: Relaxing. Especially after two days ago calling a playoff basketball game, I was a little exhausted last you night. You did a
2: hell of a job on that game. Thank you. That was a great call. Yeah, at it the meant end. a lot. And what I really admire is that you let it breathe yeah. on the on Baldwin's. Was it a winning shot or just the end of the game? End happened? of the
3: game. It yeah. was a free throw off the front of the rim. If there would have been an offensive rebound put back, would have tied it and sent it to overtime.
2: Yeah, you went crazy for a moment, and then unlike Tony Romo, yes, you let the crowd. You, people want to hear the crowd. And congratulations on doing that. I'm sure you saw that Bill Hillgrove is stepping down, at least uh, on the Steelers.
3: Yes, he'll be back for the 51st season calling pit football in the fall. I talked to Jack Hillgrove this morning. Did Pretty, you? Yeah, I sent him a text.
2: Jack is an old student of mine at Waynesburg. Where is he right now? He's in Steubenville, Ohio, doing sports. Jack and I went to high school together. He's a budding legend himself, isn't he? He is, yeah. Love that. Two time. years older than me. So Bill will stay on. Yeah, I read this uh, in the Post-Gazette first thing this morning. He'll stay on pit football in the fall, but stepping down after so many years. How many years is it?
3: With the Steelers? Yeah. Since 94. So 30
2: years. That's incredible. And he's 83 now. Wow. What a great family. Yes, I taught uh, Jack. At Waynesburg, at least he was in my class. I don't know if I taught him anything. He was great. I think I made a big impression on him the first day when I shut all the lights in the classroom and played a Bob McAdoo highlight film. For me, it's it's insane that I got to grow up with
3: Hillgrove, Mike Lang, and Greg Brown slash Lanny, who you worked with at Waynesburg. I got to learn from at Waynesburg. Yes. We really have been blessed. As great as the teams have been, the broadcasters have been as great.
2: 30 years. For Bill Hillgrove. Jerry Dulac. The lead in his story. Bill Hillgrove. Wait a second. Euphonious? Euphonious calls? Does that mean with a good voice? Whose euphonious calls and frolicsome banter delivered Super Bowl victories and countless memorable moments to radio listeners for 30 years is retiring as the voice of the Steelers. So, I was going to say good luck in retirement, but we still have him on pit here. So it's sort of a half retirement for Billy. And we'll look forward to having him on pit football and basketball his 51st season. Who are you on the phone with, City Limits? A caller, Jim,
3: in the North Hills. What
2: did he want to say?
3: He wanted to talk about, I was kind of confused what he wanted to talk about, like investments and things involving teams He's and investors. Calling investments. you for
2: financial advice? I said, or did what? you, I said, Wrong did, number? Did, did you, you want to call
3: KDKA? He said, no, I wanted to call the fan. I was like,
2: okay. Well, let's start with the quarterbacks. Here we go. Here's what I did for the Post-Gazette this morning was ranked each one of these guys all the way down to Darnold, Winston, Wentz, and Tyrod Taylor. We're sort of all in the same category for me. I'm continuously amazed that in a world where quarterbacks are developed from before birth, up through college, that there's still at any given time only about 10 of these people on the planet who do this at a high level, if that many. It's by far, I don't think it's even close, it's by far the toughest position in all of sports. It's trying to be a baseball pitcher with somebody diving at your legs on every pitch. You know what I mean? I was going to say Folsey. You know what I mean, Limits? I do, yes. Do you agree it's by far the toughest position in sports? It is. Things are happening a a trillion miles an hour. There's people on the field who want to maim you on every play, and you're expected to deliver accurately nearly 70% of the time and win games. So this was Steelers fans' greatest fear, I think, that we were all hope would be alleviated with Kenny Pickett. And who knows, still might be, still might be. That post-Ben, and maybe this was the Steelers' fear, too, that post-Ben, it could be some rough sledding for a while, right? Mediocre sledding. I remember my friend Ron. You remember him, Ron Cook? I do. Soaking up the sun in Fort Myers. He told me many times, uh, or he wrote many times as well, that, you know, be careful what you wish for. The post-Ben years could get mighty ugly. I wouldn't say they've gotten to that point yet, but it ain't pretty. And you wonder how long it's going to go on. I mean, I think even the staunchest picket backers out there would have to acknowledge this is a little bit worrisome, right? That this isn't quite how you thought it would go.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit
2: ads.odyssey.com. Maybe that'll change, and maybe with a real coordinator, Kenny Pickett will thrive. I'm holding out that possibility for sure. But I I would say pessimistic right now is how I feel about that. And then what? And then what? What's the plan? We're, We're in year three of the audition here. And then you look around the AFC and some of those very few people that can do this at an extremely high level are littered throughout the conference. In Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I think Justin Herbert fits in that category. Joe Burrow certainly fits in that category. C.J. Stroud looks like he does too. Lamar Jackson, you know, it's 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 a situation where when you had Ben, you lined up for 90% of your games for most of his career. 90% of your games knowing you had the advantage at the most important position on the field and the most important position in sports. Didn't mean you were always going to win. Certainly Ben's playoff career over the past several times he, he competed in the postseason wasn't great. I get that. But you know what I'm saying. You you always had a chance and you won the vast majority of your games, mostly because of that guy. You know, you want to talk about the non-losing streak, and I certainly don't. He's the main reason for it. That stretches back to Cower. And. The irony, of course, of the non-losing streak is that it was born of a losing season, of a terrible season. The other irony is that Mike Tomlin has a losing record in the playoffs, although he has this, what is it now, 17 17 years non-losing streak. Where am I going with this, city limits? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to the possibilities for this coming season and i'm not at all convinced that the steelers want to to stage a competition i don't think they do i think they i don't want to use the word coddle but i will i think they want to coddle pickett but but there's a fine line between coddling and putting a guy in what you believe is is the best position to thrive and i'm still doubting that the steelers think that pouring gasoline on a quarterback controversy fire by bringing back Mason Rudolph, is not what's best for Pickett. I don't believe they think that's what's best for him. You already have people in the locker room and apparently the front office who favor Rudolph. Are they aggressively pursuing Mason with an offer that he cannot refuse? I don't know that, honestly, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like, yeah, go out, test, see what's out there, come back to us, you know we've seen this before with the Steelers and I don't necessarily blame them for, I'm just saying if they really, really wanted this guy and believed in him, it feels like they'd be chasing him with more aggression. So the question becomes, do you want a legitimate competitor or even an out and out starter in here? Do you really want Kirk Cousins? Do you want Justin Fields? Do you even want Russell Wilson? Or would you rather have a non-threatening vet, a caretaker, and create an environment in which Kenny is the clear-cut starter with a Charlie Batch-like mentor and backup and a new coordinator and go from there? You can make an argument for that, for sure. And I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they want A a Rudolph Pickett controversy. And more to the point, city limits, what does a quarterback competition even look like in the offseason? I don't know. I think it's more like baseball spring training where you have your starter, you know who your starter is, but you tell the world, yeah, they're competing. See, we're having a comp. No, you're not having a competition. You knew before spring training who the guy was. It's like the last time they had a, quote, competition around here. Mike Tomlin knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be his guy from the first day of OTAs in minicamp. There was no competition. I'm not even sure you can have one. What does it mean? You're judging their accuracy in seven-on-sevens? What are you judging? One guy's having a great day against, uh, I don't know, Josiah Scott in the secondary, and the other guy's struggling against the first-team defense? So the guy's throwing to Deuce Watts wins the day? Well, what are we talking about? You can't have a real competition, I don't think. What would you base it on? The preseason games? Didn't we learn our lesson last year from trying to read too much into that? So I don't think the Steelers want a competition. I'd love to be wrong, and I certainly don't think they want a starter coming in here. So let's look at some of these limits. Let's look at some of these. And here's how I want us to rate them. One to five based on excitement level. One to five based on excitement level. Are you ready for this, Limits? limits I'm like, ready. Who are you talking to now? Huh? Say that again. I just got off the phone with a car. Yeah, what did he want or she? want to talk about the Steelers quarterbacks like everyone else. Oh, are they on the line? Yes, well, let's have them participate. This is their lucky day. They just won the lottery. Who let's was it? Let's do
3: it. Here's Rob and West Mifflin.
2: Rob and West Mifflin, how are you?
3: I'm doing good. So
0: how you doing,
2: man? <laughs> good. Are you ready to participate in a little game of sorts with myself and City Limits?
0: Absolutely.
2: What we need is a ranking one to five in your excitement level on these other alternate quarterbacks coming in. One. You're not excited at all, and you wish they would never show their face in this city. Five, man, you can't wait for this guy to get here. And then a very short explanation uh, after we give our numerical rating. Are you ready, Rob? Let's make it happen. It's going to go me, Rob, and you, city limits. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's just give our numbers first with these gentlemen, okay? Okay. Mason Rudolph, one to five, I go a three. Rob?
0: I'd go a four.
2: I'd also go a three. Rob, why a four?
0: Because he had a odd hand at the end of the season, and uh, I want to see him push Kenny. Because, I mean, you know, eventually something has to change. And he figured it out <laughs> with, with, I guess, calling the same plays towards the end of the season and got him in the playoffs. So I'd give him a four.
2: I hear that. All very reasonable. I, I just feel like the sample size remains very tiny with him, and I just still don't feel like he's the guy long-term, hence the three. Russell Wilson. I give a four and maybe a 4.5. Rob? Five. Five? A two. Okay. And a two for city limits. I'll tell I you very— city limits. I think he's washed <laughs> and done, Rob. I, I think he's done. What Russ cook. What's Russ this is guy cooked? looking at? What's this guy looking at, Rob? Russell Wilson had 26 touchdowns and eight picks. He beat in order. I don't know who it yeah, was. Kansas City, probably, Green Bay. Go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. That's probably the most touchdown pass we had from our two quarterbacks the last two years.
2: Combined, yeah. 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 City limits. Why don't you like I, this guy?
0: I, I say five because he's cheap, and and, and he could come in and, and and if he comes in, I guess he'll be the starter. But and he's proven. He's proven. And I'm I'm basically giving him a five because the money reasons. That's why.
2: Well, that's a big deal. And here's the other thing with him. I don't know I don't know if he would come in as the starter. I, I could see him as as not getting a job elsewhere. Like I saw in Jerry Dulac's chat that Russell Wilson obviously wants to be a starter. Okay. Where are the openings in the NFL, especially after the draft? Let's say that let's say that New England Chicago and Washington all take a presumed starter at quarterback in the first three picks. You know how many openings that leaves? Like two, like like Oakland and Atlanta, maybe three, two oh, or many. three. So what if they don't want Russell Wilson? He turns 36 next year. I could think of worse situations than for a guy who turns 36 coming in here. You're, you're the veteran backup. And if Kenny Pickett falters or gets injured, you're in. I like this idea, but city limits, you hate it. Yeah, I just don't think that ever since he's gone past Seattle
3: to Denver, he's done okay, but if you can't even function and work with Sean Payton, I mean, I just Sean think Sean Payton he's done. hated him. He was yeah. working
2: against him. And make no mistake, Russell Wilson stunk two years ago. But yes. let's move on. We have to move on, Rob. Let's just give our numbers for the following guys, and if something pops up that's very interesting, we'll elaborate. Jacoby Brissett, 3.0. Baker Mayfield, 4.5. Rob? I got a ride with you,
0: 4.5. We should have got him last year.
2: I give it a four. I like it. We all like Baker, don't we? I still think he's going back to Tampa, though. Gardner Minshew, 3.5. Three. I give it a three. I've warmed on him a little bit. What do you have against him, Rob? His mustache. He's
0: like, he's like a Kirk Cousins, man. Puts up a lot of stats, but he doesn't like really win anything, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a stats
2: guy. Yeah, I hear that. But his stats are pretty good, and he shredded the Steelers. Of course, a yeah, few other did. people did, too. <laughs> he definitely did. <laughs> Justin Fields, 4.5. 10. <laughs> Let's get one to five. 10. What do you got for us? Limits four point five. We all love Justin Fields. Why do you love him, Rob?
0: He brings another dimension. Uh, Kenny, when he gets out of the pocket, he's not—he's not really looking to run. Justin can get out of there and take off. You know, and i and, and, and I'm just looking for an upgrade, man. There's not, nothing against Kenny. I know the the, the offensive of coordinator situation stunk. But I was just looking at some games yesterday. He was just missing a lot of wide open receivers too, man.
2: Well, there's no of- doubt. There's no doubt about that. Now Fields has missed his share as well. Listen, I, I still think he'd be a big risk, but that's the point. He'd also be a big swing. You know, he'd be a big swing. And people want to talk about his his record in Chicago. Where did I? I forget where I saw it. Somebody comparing his record to Pickett's. Have you seen the Bears lately? They brought in Chase Claypool to be his number one receiver. Joe Montana doesn't win with that team over the last three years.
0: And Joe, you know what I told somebody? Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No,
2: if you're you good.
0: If you those guys, if you switch those guys, if you put Kenny Pickett on that team with those, Darnell Mooney? He was the number one before, before, uh, numbers, I forgot, the, I'm, I'm losing my man, before the DJ Moore got there. Yeah. Darnell Mooney was the number one. If you, if, you, if you switch him like last year and the year before, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. But it's a big upgrade to me. You know, it's nothing against Phil. I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett. But I just think that it's a big upgrade.
2: Very quickly, Ryan Tannehill, 1.5. Rob?
0: Mine is 4.
2: <laughs> One. Marcus? He does,
0: he, does nothing. he does nothing for us. Nothing. I, I'm not all into that. Oh, he knows the system. He knows the system. I'm not, I'm not big on that. I'm not big on that. I'm
2: sorry. The quarterback coach knows the system, too. Is he going to play? I, I'm with you on that one. Marcus Mariota, 1.0. Ah, oh, man. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. I give him a one and a half, Joe.
0: I'll
2: all right. A one and a and he struggles with the whole passing thing, which is problematic. I'll give him Limits. a, point. I'll give him a point .8 because that's his number. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> 1.5. Jimmy G, two. Zero. He stinks. I'm sorry. He got benched for Aiden O'Connell. Joe Flacco, 2.5, surprisingly. Donut. Donut? Donut. Really? Mm, I'd give it a three. He had more touchdowns in five starts than Kenny Pickett might have in his first five years. 13 games this year, at least. Kirk Cousins, 4.0, with concerns. Rob? Five. Mm-hmm. Four and a half with a little bit of uh, concern what the money would be. Let's talk about that next. Rob, you were tremendous, as always. Perhaps we could make this part of the show at some point. Thanks for calling.
0: Thanks, man. Enjoy the show. Man. I love you guys, man.
2: He's the best, isn't he, City Limits? He is. He calls all the time. He might even be better than Zeiss. Plus, <laughs> Zeiss is here. Plus, he'd be here.
3: Where is he? He's going to get water. He'll be <laughs> back for the next segment. <laughs> That's-